Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. And it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports, your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. It's pretty simple. If you're in Vegas, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property on the Strip. And when you do, you're betting within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older. 1-800-522-4700 if you have a gambling problem. That's BetMGM, of course, the king of sportsbooks. The king behind the counter at the South Point is Chris Andrews. But we get Vin- no. I'm just playing as we say hi and welcome you back here, Michael Lombardi. There, I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is a Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo. And as we say hi to Vinny, hi Vinny. Uh, it's going to be. Does a that crazy make me day. the prince? That you are the prince. You're, you're Prince William or Harry, one of the two. It is going to be a busy day there at, at the South Point because you got baseball coming down to the wire. Actually, have a nice little setup here for college football tonight with a couple of interesting games, and of course, a busy week four. Hi, Vinny. Hey, good to be with you guys. Uh, Patrick, yeah, good point. Uh, An excellent Friday. Probably the busiest Friday that we've seen since uh, week one of the NFL. Uh, You know, just uh, it's hard to believe we're already in in week four. But, um, yeah, you know, five uh, five college games tonight. Uh, You've got, uh, of course, one of the games involves uh, UNLV, which is an 8 o'clock start. That game will get a lot more uh, betting interest than it normally would. I mean, you know, the Rebels do get some backing here in town, but uh, the fact that the game is here, uh, then uh, and then it's the uh, it's the last game of the night, eight o'clock Pacific. That game will do well. Uh, you mentioned a full slate of baseball. Everybody's going to be watching uh, the Yankees to see if Aaron Judge breaks uh, the record of sixty-one. And and uh, and by the way, the Mets uh, and the Braves, who uh, you know, I think you think back, it wasn't so long ago where the Mets had what an eleven, uh, twelve-game lead over the Braves, and now it's uh, down to one. So the uh, NL East is going to come down to this series this weekend. And, uh, and of course, uh, we start off uh, Sunday morning. Uh, you know, we got Saturday morning, uh, Saturday afternoon and evening college football, and then Sunday morning getting uh, things started very early, 6.30 a.m. Pacific time with the game in London. 
Vinny, the, the college game that seems like it's getting the most action on Friday, if we just focus on that for a second, is the Washington-UCLA game where, you know, Washington has been, I think, done a good job with Keenan DeBoer, with, uh, with DeBoer as the head coach. And I'm not sure really how good UCLA is. They struggle with South Alabama. You know, that line opened up, what, Washington two and a half? And has it stayed that way? And But seems like UCLA is getting most of the action. Yeah, good point, Michael. Uh, we actually opened uh, Washington higher. We actually opened Washington four. They took the four. They took the three and a half. We're down to three uh, with Washington. You know, you know, this Pac-12 has kind of been, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it, a little bit surprising and, frankly, a bit perplexing this year, right? When you look at how good uh, and how well you know, Washington's played, Washington State, Oregon State, they've surprised some people. Um, you know, Utah's still the top-rated uh, team in terms of power ratings. Uh, Oregon uh, has seemed to have uh, gotten back on track. Uh, and then, of course, there's the USC, which got a lot of support going, uh, going into the season with our uh, games of the year and in terms of the future book. But uh, it's a much more competitive conference than we initially thought. But in this one here that you mentioned today, UCLA uh, getting the betting uh, uh, support so far at both four and three and a half. Can I just quickly stick with a game tonight, college football, UTSA, remember, they won that conference, mm. Conference USA, last year. Middle Tennessee State. The reason I bring it up is because Middle Tennessee State, biggest win in program history last week, Michael and Vinny, on the road mm -hmm. at Miami. They were 25-and-a-half-point yeah. dogs. But, and many are pointing this out, Talk about a tough spot for Middle Tennessee. I mean, if you look at ODU beating Virginia Tech, they lost the next week. You look at Marshall beating Notre Dame, they lost the next week. You look at Eastern Michigan beating Arizona State, they lost the next week. It's just a really tough spot for Middle Tennessee against a very good UTSA team. The Roadrunners, remember, they lost in overtime to Houston. This is a good team, Vinny. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's getting played here, uh, Patrick, is the total. The total's up a couple of points at 65, and it's probably going to continue to climb. Um, but what's interesting, and to your point, you want to bear that in mind, uh, possibly you know, an emotional letdown spot. Uh, we did have uh, UTSA as a five-point favorite on the opener. They're down to four. So initially, right now, Middle Tennessee uh, has gotten the support so far. But I, I got to tell you, uh, I suspect there'll be uh, some um, – uh, uh, San Antonio money coming in, Patrick. But a good game. This is, again, this is a, a nice little Friday night Very card uh, in college football. I'm really, uh, really we're going we're gonna to do uh, quite a bit of business. And uh, <clears throat> right before I came in the studio, you know, there's, uh, there's already lines at the window. Now, we don't have the 12 windows open right now. Of course, the apps are open. Uh, but there are a few windows open, and it's been steady all morning. And I think it's just every hour as we get into the evening tonight, uh, it's going to be, again, one of, uh, if not the busiest Friday that we've seen, one of the busiest of the fall, uh, but the busiest one we've seen since week one of the NFL. And, and just to quickly, uh, the, another update, I mean, the UNLV teams played better than I expected they would play. Are they getting a lot of – I mean, that opened up 14. Where are we going with that line against a, a New Mexico team that they should beat? But to me, the line's moving to New Mexico. Uh, right now, my, we're, we're holding steady at 14. Rebels as 14-point uh, favorites here at home. I, I suspect, Michael, again, as, as we get into the evening, there'll be more support for UNLV. 
And anybody looking to bet New Mexico maybe wants to wait because if the Rebels do get support and it goes through 14, then you'll be able to get better than 14 uh, as we get uh, as we get closer to kickoff. But I think it's going to depend because don't forget, a lot of these bets that are going to be in are going to be the multi-leg bets that we oftentimes talk about, parlays and teasers and things, but especially in college football, it'll be parlays. So I think a lot's going to be going to the Rebels tonight. And uh, so if you're looking to bet New Mexico, I suspect that that number will go, uh, go higher. And how about the over? I mean, uh, UNLV shockingly is the be- one of the one of the best scoring teams in the nation. They rank twenty fifth overall. I mean, is this over playing getting any action? Just a little bit, Michael, from 43, 43 and a half. It's at 44 right now um, <clears throat> as we get through the day. Again, the, the public's general sentiment is to root for points and bet the over. So I think, yeah, I think we'll see some over money. But, you know, the Rebels can score points. Uh, is, is New Mexico going to, you know, you're going to, if you want to bet the over in this game, you're going to need New Mexico to get on the board, <laughs> you know, for, uh, you know, uh, at least a, a couple uh, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, but, I, I you know, are they going to be able to do that? That's That's the big question here. Rebels will score. Question is, will the Lobos? You know, I was using that example, Michael and Vinny, of Middle Tennessee, a big win, turnaround, tough spot. Well, think about Tulane. Houston's a good matchup tonight, but think about Tulane. They go on the road, Manhattan, beat Kansas State, and then they come back home and lose to Southern Miss, right? So, mm-hmm. again, let down after a big spot, and they're at Houston tonight. Tulane's 3-1. and one. Houston, preseason darlings, 2-2. Two and two. Vinny, what do you got on this one? Yeah, Patrick, and you know what the, uh, the the betters have supported your your point there, uh, laying everything from two, uh, right now sitting at four. So two, two and a half, three, three and a half. Uh, it's been a it's been Houston money uh, real steady all week long. Uh, another, but this game coming down. Uh, about a point and a half, two points in terms of the total. Yeah. Now we're sitting at 53 and a half. So support for Houston here uh, off of the uh, two-point opener now sitting uh, as four-point favorites. I mean, the one thing about Tulane, Vinny, and the reason I think that over and under is coming down is they're the 18th best t- defense in the nation in relative mm-hmm. scoring defense. They're fourth in total defense, and they're eighth overall in scoring defense. So they can, uh, unlike most teams in the conference, they can play a little bit of defense. I don't think people realize that. I think that's, you know, that one of the things that often gets lost in the conversation is they can't play very deep. I mean, they, they held Kansas State to 10 points. Massachusetts, no big deal. And then, you know, they shut out Alcorn. But last week they lose. The Southern Miss scored 27 on them. I think people get the sense that their defense isn't as good. Yeah, no, you're right, Michael. Again, 55 on the opener, down to 53 and a half. Starting to see some 53s out there on this, too. So right now it's about Houston and the under in this matchup here for sure. You guys are right. This is a really interesting Friday night slate, right? I mean, even if you yeah. talk about two 4-0 teams, Washington and, and UCLA, but they're in Los Angeles last time I correct, right, Vinny? And that is... Yeah, this game. A, this game's in, uh, in, in Los Angeles, huh? It, Bruins fans have completely abandoned the program. I mean, it's, how many it's, people are going to no be at this field. game? Washington will probably have more people there. I, huh? wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you. I would not disagree with you. That is, uh, yeah, a nice little fri- a nice little Friday slate, and you can tell Vinny's fired up. He's talking fast today. He's got his. He, I, it sounds to me the way that he's kind of presenting himself that he already ate his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, 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 not yet. I had the oatmeal this morning. By the way, okay. uh, now oatmeal with with the you know the the whole oatmeal, no, not the cut you know steel cut. No, no, the whole yes. oats, the whole oats. Thank That's you. correct. Thanks for clarifying. Got to get the got to get the fire. Vinny, before we go, I. I 
I, I have to ask this. The, the line that has driven me crazy all week, and I would love your expertise, and we could carry this over to the next block, but Washington only a three-point dog to Dallas, even though it's in Dallas. So if the game was played in Washington, are you telling me it would be a pick em? No, I don't. I don't necessarily think so, Michael. Because uh, I think it, it still might be. Because again, you can't just put an automatic three on the home field here. I think. I think the reason for this, there's a couple of things. I mean, if it was in Washington, maybe I think Dallas might still be a one-point favorite, actually. But the reason for this, and this game is holding steady. We've not gotten off the three here. And, again, it takes a lot more to get off the three here at South Point. We don't move the money on on three. We'll, we'll move the number. But I think what we're seeing is a, a reaction to not not so much what, what the commanders have done or not done, but what Dallas did, so the debacle in the first week, they rebound nicely the second week. They go in, and Cooper Rush has a terrific game. I'll give him all the credit in the world for beating the Giants uh, in, in week three. But were the Giants really that as good as you know their 2-0 record showed? I'm not so sure. And is Cooper Rush as good? I, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, but I think you're, you know, it, is, it is a little perplexing. Um, but again, when you look at the board this week in the NFL, there's more threes on there uh, than, uh, than we've seen uh, in, in uh, the first three weeks. When we come back, we'll take a look at the board, including a three in London. And remember, Washington, if they were playing at home, they have no home field advantage. That is completely dissipated as well. We're back with Vinny next here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get your football season going right by becoming a VSIN pro. Shout to Len Mead. Did a great job putting this together. Pro tools, pro picks at a glance, pro tips. 175 bucks through the Super Bowl. So, again, uh, for example, Michael Lombardi exclusive articles, his look ahead, which he wrote last night into this morning, that's up there. You get the pro tools, including the betting splits, which we talk about all the time. You get everything, you know, NHL uh, betting guide, NFL betting guide, college football betting guide, point spread weekly. It's all there. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a VEASAN pro. Okay, we're back here. Michael Lombardi there, Ocean City. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. And we're live from Las Vegas with Vinny Maliulo from behind the book there at the South Point. May I ask you guys about a game? Because obviously the scary crash with Miles Garrett, he is questionable, Michael. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is questionable against a team. I'll start with you, Michael, then go to Vinny against a team in Atlanta that played very well on the West coast. Could have, could have won in Los Angeles, won a very impressive game in Seattle, even though it is the Seahawks. Cleveland is at Atlanta and Cleveland's lane one. Michael, we'll start with you and get the Vinny on the number. Look, I, I think this Atlanta team proves the point that I I've tried to make consistently about spread offensive attacks. When the back is dominant, and the back can do more than just run inside. And he's hard to tackle. It opens up a whole separate game. Everybody thinks the back, the, the receivers make the spread. It's the back. And this Cordell Patterson is sensational. 6.4 yards a carry. Catches the ball in the backfield. Damn near impossible to tackle. Runs hard. Runs angry. And I give Atlanta and Arthur Smith, I think it, even though they're 1-2, and two, I think he's done a wonderful coaching job. I think he's managed his team correctly. He stinks on defense. He's tried to avoid that. They can't really stop anybody. But they've been in the games, and they've gotten the game to the fourth quarter. He's won, he's won one, lost two, and he could have easily won all three because of their skill players. Look, Pitts isn't a tight end. People know that, right? So when he's on the field, everybody's a nickel. They don't care what, what the media calls him. They don't care about the perception around, oh, he's a tight No, he's not. He's a receiver. They try to block him, but everybody knows it. But this Patterson guy makes it all work, and Drake's really good, and Pitts is a good player. I'm not dismissing that. He's a good receiver. And Mariota's played really well within himself, and he can run too. He becomes the fifth option too. The irony, you brought up Patterson with the position switch, has done an amazing job at running back for the Falcons. Well, literally two minutes ago, Falcons running back Corderell Patterson is listed as questionable for Sunday's game versus the Browns due to a knee injury. That would change things remarkably. Completely. Go ahead, Mike. Watch Vinny move that. Watch Vinny call to Chris Andrews. Move that line right now. Move it, move it, move it. I mean, because that's going to take away their explosiveness. Because now all of a sudden, you double pits inside. You take, you know, what are you worried about? You know, what are you worried about? You're really not worried about anything. That explosiveness that he gives that team is tough to deal with. The floor is yours, Likely. Vinny. Likely to uh, to go uh, back up the ladder the way we came down, guys. Uh, to to Michael's point, I mean, a lot of support early for uh, during the week for the Falcons. Didn't open this game three like so many others, uh, but opened it two and a half. They took two and a half, two, one and a half. We're down to one right now. But I suspect with the Patterson news that you may see things go back up again. I think what what what, what people are paying more attention to now than ever before, guys. Uh, is the inactives, right? Well, and now, that, of course, that doesn't come till Sunday morning. Uh, but really watching the injury reports, 
and team reports that come out. Uh, but I suspect that this number will come back up. Uh, and again, the total, one of the higher totals, too, at 48, too, this week. So uh, we've seen uh, uh, the Falcons be a lot more competitive than people thought they would be. And uh, so far this week, uh, the betters have uh, supported that. I don't know if you remember, it was a couple of years ago, but remember I went to that scrimmage or practice for the Raiders, Michael, and I said I came away thinking the most impressive player was Marcus Mariota. I, I, I know it sounds weird, but he was just so good in practice. The deep ball was good. It, it, he's played well. Like He really it's, has. You know, it's not a great offensive I, I line mean, that's protecting him either. No, and he's, and he's protected the football when he gets hit. You know, I mean, look, this guy's the first pick overall in the draft. When I was in Cleveland in 13, there was some conversation he might leave Oregon. Now, his brother was going to school there. He wouldn't come out early. But he had that, you know, he's the first pick overall in the draft. I mean, he had that, like, invincibility attached to him. But it never really manifested itself in Tennessee. Arthur Smith was with him in Tennessee, so he kind of knows him. And, you know, he's very accurate with the football. He's thrown the ball down the field. I mean, his yards per attempt is outstanding. You know, and he's not really had a line to protect him. Concerned about his durability. That's always been the issue with him. And he's not an overt leader. He's kind of a mm -hmm. quiet kid, doesn't really say much, but he is talented, and I don't think you can minimize that. He is talented, and I think they've done a great job of managing him. Now, if they don't have Patterson, it puts more of a burden on his, on his plate. Okay. Hey, Vinny, we do pro tips every hour, and I don't know if this will turn into one, but I just wanted to ask you from behind the book, can I get your overall philosophy on parlays? I'm going to make it very simple, and I'm going to ask you as a bookmaker your take on parlays. Well, I mean, when you say my take, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, parlays are more profitable uh, from a whole percentage standpoint for the house than straight bets, right? I mean, so... You know, bookmakers tend to love parlays. However, there's a great deal of exposure with parlays. So uh, in terms of uh, the, the general public, let's say, if you've got a weekend where uh, you know the a predominant number of, of favorites come in, and let's say the public plays a lot, like they, they typically like to play the favorites, and you get the, the entire left side of uh, parlay cards come in, or a majority of those come in, then it's tremendous exposure. Typically when, when books get beat, it's, it's due to a, uh, a situation where there's en en enough of favorites that come in, and those favorites are grouped in parlays. That's why when we talk about uh, you know, the games like on, on Sunday night and Monday night, the exposure that's on them, it's because it's a buildup to them. So, uh, But listen, as a bookmaker, you've got to know that going in, and you've got to manage yourself accordingly. And how do you do that? Well, you, maybe you put up some alternate point spreads. You take some other measures uh, in terms of, of your pricing on money lines and things like that. But, um, you know, I mean, look, it's, it's part of the business. There is uh, inherent risk with them. Uh, but yet, you know what, they, they, the whole percentage is higher over the course of, of a season. Um, the other thing that you want to you know, remember, that's why from our side of the counter, guys, what we root for is not just all underdogs because folks do. We'll play underdogs too, professionals particularly. But when you've got a week like this where there are so many threes, let's say, right? The, the, I mean, if you include last night, 10, of the ga 10 games this weekend 
uh, pro games are right around that that number of three, whether it's two and a half, three, or three and a half. And last night it wound up closing four. So there there can be you know the games uh, tend to be closer. You need that mix. You don't need all favorites. You don't need all par, uh, uh, underdogs. You want that mix of both. Uh, but from a uh, from a business perspective, they're an important part of the business. And uh, you know what? You've got to just know going in. To, uh, into it that there is inherent risk with them and reward as a better you want to manage them if you've got parlays and they're multi you know they're going particularly if they're staggered from uh, by time and let's say you've got a four teamer and and your fourth leg th- the first three legs are in and the fourth leg is that Sunday night or Monday night game there's a it depends if you've got the dog well maybe you want to bet the favorite on the money line if it's a short uh, money line favorite and now you got a chance to win both. You know, let's say you got a chance to middle it. If you got a, an underdog uh, going into that last leg, that's a three and a half or four. Maybe you want to look at the money line on uh, on the favorite there too. That's not just hedging. You got an opportunity to win both bets. Bravo, bravo, bravo! The the way you danced around that open ended question about parlays, <laughs> it's almost like you were Fred Astaire. I am. You brought a tear to my eye the way you diplomatically played the parlay question, Vinny. Bravo to you! My goodness, that was beautiful. Thank you. Well, I've always got to have Vinny. my dancing shoes on when I'm with you, Mr. Maher. <laughs> what did you think about that answer, Michael Lombardi? That was uh, that was Fred Astaire and I Gene Kelly. It. I loved it. In fact, basically, it was an advertisement. Please give me more parlay yes. money because yeah, it's we, the best we thing your, that goes yeah. on in our shop. Yeah. We love it. That's right. And what we love more than anything is when somebody parlays the Thursday game attached to the Sunday games and they lose Thursday. That's like, okay, we got the money, you know, Michael's this afternoon for dinner. That's what I love the best. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Vinny with the smirk. Gene hey, Kelly, Fred Astaire, all in one. Um, we just have a minute left. You know, well, so busy. Can, I, can I just touch yeah. on oh, one please. thing about, about oh, that? Please, the, good, the thing about Thursday night games, too, guys, yeah, if it's your first leg – and let's say you know you you, you didn't uh, you didn't do well with it. Okay, so if you had if you had the Dolphins last night in your first leg, you you know obviously you've got another complete uh, set of games. You know you got a, a lot to do in front of you. Don't overdo it. Don't overdo uh, your betting on Thursday night game. Don't don't bankroll your entire weekend just with the Thursday night game. I tell you that as a bookmaker because I know this. You're gonna you know whether you do or you don't, you're still gonna find the opportunity. You're gonna find the resources. You're gonna find the money to get in action the rest of the weekend. But um, I know you'll come and see us no matter how you do on Thursday night. <laughs> I, will say, I will, I will say it. this. I always loved you and Ginger Rogers together is what I, I'll <laughs> leave it at that. You and Ginger Rogers always made great She's movies. my favorite. <laughs> Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo. The parlay question got him shook. Thank you. Stop by at the Thanks, South Vinny. Point. Have a great Vinny weekend, Vinny. Appreciate you. See Uh-oh. you guys. Amal is next. Amal Shaw. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the VSIN NHL season prep guide. All 32 teams are previewed Stanley Cup playoffs and point projections. Also, three things every new NHL better should know. So we're going to help you out, understand betting at the NHL. Rookies to watch, best bets for player awards. Andy McNeil does a great job with this. It's vcin.com slash subscribe, vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. 
as we welcome you back here on a Friday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Of course, this is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Right after us, VSIN Big Bets is on. Of course, Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. Amal Shaw, one half of Big Bets, joins us now. And I'll just start here. I'm not going to lead the witness. We went from behind the book and asked about parlays. How about a professional handicapper like yourself? Your take on parlays, Amal Shaw. Well, I, look, I think they can be made at times. It varies depending on the situation. If there's two, three games, four games on a college football Saturday you love and you're playing them straight as well, no reason not to parlay them. You have an opportunity to have a monster day if you do that. But I don't think that's the only play you should be making. You know, Patrick, so many times if you're around town and you go to some of these sports books and you see these guys putting in these lottery tickets of nine teams, I'm like, why don't you just go play the Powerball and drive the 27 miles to California? You got to, you're going to win more money. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree with you, Lamal. I really do. Question I had for you, Lamal, and it's good to have you back today. We, we, had, we lost you last week. Survivor. Has this been the hardest Survivor year for you? I know you play it in both contests, but there's a lot of bad teams, but there's a lot of parity in the league in terms of there's a lot of mediocre teams, too. So there's no guarantee when you look at the board. Has this been the hardest to play in your history of Survivor? Because to me, you know, people ask me for a survivor pick every week, and I'm like, I don't know. To me, I would take Pittsburgh this week if it were for me. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. I got bounced in week two with the Browns. I had four entries on the Browns, and then in week one I had two on the Tennessee Titans. But, Michael, I said before the season started, I didn't believe anybody would go through the entire year undefeated because when you look at the National Football League, team number one currently maybe I'd make the case for the Buffalo Bills or whomever else you want to argue is the best team, but their injuries might have you sit, sit them back a spot or two. And then if you look at the bottom teams, I don't think they're that bad. Seattle's probably one of the bottom teams, but Atlanta's not as bad as people in anticipated. Uh, Houston competes. We saw them compete in Denver. I think when you look at the league right now, there is about as much parity as there has ever been, and I think it's a great opportunity from a betting standpoint to play underdogs in so many different situations. I totally agree. And one of those teams that Michael has high on his power ratings that maybe others don't is Jacksonville. He's got them sitting for them all. This is a fascinating matchup in Philly this weekend. It's six and a half. Can I just get an overview from you, Amal, on Jags, Eagles, six and a half here. Well, let's start with Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts has been the biggest surprise. If I would have told you Tua, Mack, uh, Baker, and Kyler, and Jalen Hurts, those five guys between Alabama and uh, uh, Oklahoma, and the bridge between those two is Jalen Hurts. Who's going to be the best quarterback? Who's going to be the worst? Number five, I would have said Jalen Hurts. But all of a sudden, yeah. this guy has turned things around. And I've been more I've been critical of this guy like he stole my girlfriend or something. I mean, it's unbelievable how well this guy has learned to play. And he has changed the dynamic of what the expectations are in Philadelphia. I got no qualms if somebody has Philly as a potential team to come out of the NFC. They look outstanding, and the team's level across the board has risen. They're really playing well. On the flip side, I think Trevor Lawrence, that game last year, guys, if you remember against the Colts, I thought we saw the Trevor Lawrence's coming out party in Week 17, Game 16, where, or excuse me, Week 18, Game 17. He really looked like the guy that was the first overall pick. And now he's playing with confidence. Uh, they've got a competent coach in there. I mean, let's be real here. Urban Meyer, he just stole money from Shad Khan. Give him credit on that. But other than that, he ran that program right into the ground. Doug Peterson has come in and turned that program around. you got a healthy Travis Etienne. James Robinson is playing well. Defensively, this team is forcing turnovers. They are really just seeming to find their stride. And, guys, they're in a division that's very winnable. Now, in this game against Philadelphia, I like the dog getting six and a half here. I think it's too many points. Um, 
Philly's getting a ton of credit, but I think Jacksonville's the team that's going to stay in there and they're going to compete. And Trevor Lawrence by next year is a guy that we're going to be talking about as a top seven, top eight quarterback in the league. I, I, I agree completely with you. And I, I think what we've what people have slept on is how fast Jacksonville is on defense. You know, they get the kid, I can't say his name, from Atlanta. They sign him as a free agent who's an outstanding player, right? They, they draft Devin Lloyd in the first round. They draft Walker in the first round. So they can fly. Now they've got – they put Harrison, Robert Robertson Harrison outside and along with, with Josh Allen. They have two ends that can run. They got linebackers that can run. It's very similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense where their edges are really fast, their, their linebackers can go tackle – and if you're going to beat Philly, that's the kind of team you have to have. You say, well, you got to cover Philly. Well, look, you got to be able to, to stop Hurts from running the football. You can't. He's got 37 carries on the year. And if you let him have all those carries and run and make plays, it opens up the passing game. Yeah, you, you know what, Patrick? Michael is absolutely right. And you look at this team, they're doing it with young guys on defense and speed. You alluded to Devin Lloyd. I loved him coming out of Utah. They take Walker from George as the first overall pick. Josh Allen, he's playing extremely well. This is a team that's extremely dangerous. And this is one that, uh, you know, you got to pay attention to. And who was that? But uh, I'm going to butcher it. I was going to say, say the name, but you were smarter than me and not said it uh, in terms of the uh, Jaguars defense. <laughs> Hello, well, they just. Hello, Coon. Yeah. I think it's they just Osadi Alokun. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, that's that's it. my attempt on it. It was probably horrible, yeah. but look, they're they're good, and you know, the, where they're not as good, is, like Tampa is, they're not as physically dominating inside. You know, Fatkasi, the kid they signed from the Jets, is a good player. He's 320 pounds. I mean, he gives them some girth in there. But they, if they add another tackle in this rotation, they could be really good. Yeah, they played better uh, Pat- towards the end of the season, that Jags defense, but they just look different this year. Amal, go ahead and finish up your thought there. No, I was just going to say, I think the atmosphere has changed. I think the atmosphere in the building, Michael, you've said this more than anybody, and I have to be honest with you, it wasn't as big of a deal to me until I heard you say it over the last couple of years. You always talked about culture in New England, and it, I think the culture has shifted in Jacksonville. Yep. No, they like playing for the guy. I mean, look, I, I hope he doesn't do what he does, you know, go for it on fourth down. I hope he manages the game correctly, which always worries me. But I think they like the player, and, and they've coached professionally. I mean, they've, they've made Lawrence, whose mechanics were a disaster last year. His throwing motion was a disaster. Now, now what worries me about this game is he can't make this a 60-pass game. He'll lose badly if he does. He's got to have some bow- – I'm not saying run the ball to start the game – He's got to be able to get through halftime, not behind. He's got to be able to play effectively in the first half because the Eagles have benefited from 65 points in the second quarter alone, and everybody has to play catch-up. You know, the Lawrence conversation was fascinating because I don't know about you, Amal. I know the comparison is Andrew Luck coming out as far as a sure thing. I -hmm. will say this even into his second year, maybe the arm strength isn't what I thought it was going to be at this level, but I thought he, and I continue to believe that Lawrence is an absolute no brainer. He's going to be a pro bowler, but last year was a bit of an anomaly because it was such a mess. I would agree with you. And I think even if he doesn't turn out to be that way, let's say he just in a year or two, he doesn't turn out to be the guy you thought at the number one overall pick. This is a pick you make a hundred times out of a hundred. There's certain players you take and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's other guys when you reach, that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, look, I think, will he get to the level of, I think this is all about expectations. I mean, everybody sure. thinks he's going to be the next Peyton Manning. Will he be? I don't know, but he's going to be good enough to where you could compete for a title with him playing quarterback. To me, that's the way I see him. 
Are you, are you, so I'm going to ask you about this before we say goodbye. Amal Shaw, of course, one half of VEASAN Big Bets, which follows the Lombardi line here on VEASAN. Uh, are you as perplexed by the number in Dallas? Washington's been bad. It's your buddy Dave Ross and John Goulet's team, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are laying three with Washington in town. This Washington team has been dreadful. They're horrific, and I'll tell you what, uh, hopefully somebody will put a stop to Carson Wentz stealing more money in the National Football League next year. <laughs> and, you, you know, the other thing I think that gets overlooked, and, Michael, I'm sure you're keenly aware of this, Ron Rivera, you talk about overrated. Oh, boy. I mean, this guy, Patrick, this is a guy that would double down, you know, facing a 10, and he's got, I don't know, he's got 12. I mean, that's the kind of gambler this guy is. He's, <laughs> he's an idiot. He's had eight out of 11 losing seasons. Look at his record. He has lost eight out of 11 years. He's had three seasons that were aberrations. He won a division one time at 7-8-1. I mean, the Correct. only reason he's not is Daniel Snyder's in Elba. Like Napoleon, they shipped him off to Elba. You know, and he's there, and he's trying to marshal up some forces. He, I don't know if he'll ever come back, but that's what's going on. I mean, I'm with you, Amal. Like, they're not even well coached. Like, he, I, he watched Jack Del Rio for 17 games last year and brought him back. Like, if anything, <laughs> there was really nothing good about what they did in the offensive line last year, their scheme offense. Like, there was nothing good. He brought the whole coaching staff back because it's a buddy network. I mean, that's what it is. You're Some would say Jack Del Rio. Yeah, it's, it's some would say Jack Del Rio has a conservative approach on defense. I'm just playing. Check out his Twitter. It's hilarious. Um, okay, so that is Washington. <laughs> before be, Michael liked that one. Uh, quickly, we're going to say goodbye. Do you think Minnesota closes three and a half in London against New Orleans, or do you think it sticks three? I think it stays at three there. I still think the Saints could be dangerous. Jameson's health, uh, Jameson's health is the key in that game. Okay. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, too, Amal, Dalvin Cook made the trip. So if you take a yeah. player to London, that means he's playing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you said J- you said Jalen Hurts steals your girl. That could never happen because as he's known in the control room, Mr. Steal Yo Girl, Amal Shaw at Beeson. He will – you don't Thanks, turn Amal. your back on this guy. Thank you, Amal. Appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks Amal. guys. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Daniel Wilcox to talk the Ravens. He won a Super Bowl with the team. Why not? We continue. Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four. So because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and four p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. I tell you every day about it because it's important. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points and you can redeem them for online bonus credits like free bets. Also, you're headed to Vegas or an MGM property, you can use those points towards dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's a great deal. It's the betting's premier loyalty program. So make sure you check it out. Go to betmgm.com. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. You've got to be 21 years or older. Okay, we got you back here. We are efforting Daniel Wilcox, who was a Raven, a Buccaneer. He won a championship with the Ravens, the tight end there. We'll get him. We do have Coach Wilcox on Twitter Daniel Wilcox joins us. We wanted to talk to somebody about a great matchup. Of course, that's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome in Mr. Wilcox. Uh, we want to talk about this Buffalo-Baltimore matchup. First off, thanks for joining us, Daniel. And we should start with the obvious, and that is Lamar Jackson, who has been just awesome. What are you seeing from Lamar early in the season, Daniel? What I see from Lamar is just a mature quarterback, you know, going into his fifth season, man, and he's just he's starting to just put pieces together. He's looked a lot more poised in the pocket, a little bit more patient. You know, he's taking his time to he's getting the ball to the first receiver that's open and he's not trying to force things as much as he used to in the past. And he's just he's coming to his own as a player, man. You know, he's not running the ball unless he have he absolutely have to, or it's a call or if it's a call to sign to run, you know, like a read option player or something like that. And um, the first couple of games, what you notice is that he wasn't pulling much of his read options because they was keying on Lamar because they didn't have their starting running backs on the field. And he was giving, giving, giving every single thing to the backs the first couple of games. And then during week three, all of a sudden he explodes and have the 100-yard game because they started keying on, on J.K. Dobbins and Justin Hill as they came back. And then he was able to pull some of those things and, and you know, run some to the house. And, I mean, he had a explosive game two weeks in a row, man, just – I love seeing how Lamar is putting his game together and how he's turned into a mature veteran player. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's been sensational, and I have saw him at Louisville get better every year he played at Louisville, so it doesn't surprise me how good he's become. And two things I want to ask you. First, how often do you wear the Appalachian State jersey around the area, stick your chest out after those big <laughs> wins, beating Texas A&M, huh? you got to be proud about that school. And then second, the other question, Daniel, is, is can this defense get better? Absolutely. So, first question is the App State gear. I don't wear much App State gear at all. I'm an App State fan through and through because I played there. That's the alma mater. I always rep my squad. But I've been customizing a custom jacket for Appalachian State, and it's a it's an App State legend coat. Wait for it to get finished. When it gets finished, I'm gonna wear that every 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 opportunity I get. <laughs> 
Yeah, and we'll have you back. You can promote it. We'll have you back. You can promote it. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's going to be a sharp coat, man. I'm, 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 I'm excited about it. It's a Hall of Fame, App State legend jacket since I got inducted into the Hall of Fame back in 15. So it's a pretty cool coat. Um, as far as the defense in Baltimore, I think, you know, I, I really do think the sky's the limit for them, man. They're young. They got a bunch of veteran guys that, that, that has a little bit of savvy and has that knowledge and they know what it takes to win. And, you know, they got Calais Campbell in the middle, and I just think he's such a huge impact player for them. They got to get some guys, you know, playing better on the edge. And once they get some guys playing better on the edges where they get some more pressure on the QB, um, I think the secondary is going to be a heck of a lot better. I think they, by talent-wise, they're probably one of the best secondaries in the league. And I think there's just a lack of communication going on right now and a lack of understanding the new defensive scheme that Mike McDonald's putting in. And um, they're going to grow. I think they're going to continue to grow as the season goes on. And they're going to they're gonna be a team that's going to be around in December that's going to have some people scratching their heads and like, man, how did we let the Ravens sneak up on us like this? Um, I think they're going to be a phenomenal team this year. App State Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champ with the Ravens, Daniel Wilcox, at Coach Wilcox on Twitter, joins us here at Lombardi Line. Okay, let's talk about the other side. Buffalo, Baltimore. Buffalo's laying three on the road this Sunday, Daniel. What do you like? There's a lot to like, but what do you like about this Buffalo team? Uh, I mean, what's not to like, man? They got one of the top defenses in the league. They got Stephon Diggs. They got Josh Allen. You know, they got a ton of talented guys all around those guys that are playing really, really at a high level. Um, it's exciting to see Josh Allen, right? You know, him and Lamar, that same age group, came out together. It's crazy to me that Lamar is two years younger than Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen's 25, Lamar's 23. Um, just to kind of see how they play the game. But, you know, they, they tour the same type type caliber guys. You know, Josh Allen kind of reminds me of a Ben Roethlisberger, but a smaller version that can run a little bit better. And um, he, he's, very, he's very smart. He's an intelligent guy. He find, To me, he has that Tom Brady factor where he'll take the first guy that's open every single time. And I think that was one of the things that separated Tom from everybody else because that takes a lot of discipline. It takes an extreme lot of discipline to throw the ball to the first guy knowing that the second guy may come open or the third guy may come open for a bigger play. If I get the ball to the first guy, he might only get two or three yards, you know, and um, get, before he get tackled and stuff like that. So it's hard when you got that first read open and you throw it to him and knowing that that second guy is going to come open right behind him. But he seems to be very diligent on getting the ball to his first read if it's open then the second read if it's open, then the third read if it's open. And I think that's why he's kind of separating himself from, you know, from the pack right now. Um, the thing that I think him and Lamar got together, got, got in common, is the accuracy and the ability to, to extend the plays. You know, you, you think the play's over, you think that he's down, he's, he's going to fight for extra yards, he's going to twist and move and shimmy his way out of a tackle, and he's going to extend the play to give his guys, you know, opportunity to get the ball downfield even more. And I think Lamar has the tendency to, when he, when he scrambles, you know, he's out. He's not wasting time to play around with you guys at all. His eyes are downfield for a short amount of time, but after that, he's, he's going with the win. And um, when I say going with the win, I'm talking about going with the win. Ain't nobody catching him. Yeah, nobody's going to catch Lamar. I mean, I've seen it happen. And, and the questions of Buffalo's health-wise has got to be a concern. But what do you get the sense of the mood around Baltimore? Big win after that after that devastating loss to Miami, where they've got the big lead. They should be three and zero. What's the sense you get going into this big game from the players around the team? The players, I think, they know that they are better than what they've done. You know, the defense has have haven't has really good showings, and Baltimore has always been based on the defensive scheme. You know, the scheme, the defensive scheme has always been the pri- the primary leader for the organization. You know, it's, it's been a big shift with Lamar coming in. You know, and now the offense is kind of leading the way. 
and the defense isn't isn't holding up the end of the bargain song. And I think right now what the players are, are feeling more than anything is they want to they want to let people know that they're really good. The secondary is being challenged. You know they've been challenged you know quite a bit. I think before the last game they was they was dead last in the league, and they're, they're not that type of secondary to be dead last. You know bringing Hamilton in. And on Williams in back at the safety spots, you got two very high-profile, talented, physical guys that are ball hawks that can play the back end. And then you got two talented corners with, you know, um, with Marlon Humphreys and um, Peters and Marcus Peters. I mean, those guys are some of the best DBs in the entire league. And I think they're going to have their hands full this week with Stephon Diggs and company. And those guys are playing lights out. And I, I really do think the defense right now is is in the mindset where they got to really show the world that they're the Baltimore Ravens defensive pass and they're going to come and create turnovers and they're going to do everything they can to get the ball back to put the ball back in Lamar Jackson's hand. And that's what it's all about. Get the ball in the offensive hands, get off the field as fast as you can on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, you get that jacket made. We're going to get you back on the show and we want to show it off on TV, okay? Daniel Wilcox, App State legend, you, Super Bowl champ with the Ravens. Great information at Coach Wilcox on Twitter. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Thank Daniel. you guys for having me. We appreciate it. Good job, Daniel. Thank you very much. I, I will say this about Lamar. You harped on the fact that he put on weight, correct? Mm-hmm. He, he is a step slower, but that innate shiftiness will always make him the greatest running quarterback we've ever seen. Because nobody, yeah, and, nobody is better innately with the ball in his hands. I think what we're going to see on Sunday at 1 o'clock in Baltimore is the new offense that is coming into vogue in the NFL is this quarterback who is a runner, the single-wing pro-passing game offense. You know, the ability to incorporate a fifth offensive player into the offense. Now, the risk that most people will tell you they're going to get hurt, well, you got to be careful. Both these quarterbacks have done a good job of protecting themselves, but the dimension that they bring, along with Jalen Hurts, it makes it very challenging, especially on critical possession downs. When it's third down and the defense now has to defend, Quarterback draw, quarterback sweep, quarterback power. Okay, got that. All right, what else do we have to defend? You know, those short yardage plays that ultimately determine all the games. I mean, last night it determined that game. Miami was not good on short yardage. Neither was Cincinnati, but they got away with it. But to me, this new age is where we're going with these quarterbacks is something that you're going to have to consider. And where is it going to in the future? You know, when I wrote Good Iron Genius, in the last chapter they asked me to to write about predicting where I thought the future of football is. And I do see a day where there's going to be two guys like it back in the 40s where, you know, Cecil LaBelle and Artie Hammer were playing quarterback for the Packers and they were changing who was playing quarterback and who wasn't. I think we're going to get to that. I think you're going to have two offensive weapons that can throw the ball on the field at the same time and create a lot of problems. It, the, it's embarrassing for those that say talk about Lamar's accuracy and ability to throw the football. He's a great thrower of the football. A yeah, great it's thrower. Ridi- I, but it was ridiculous. It, the poor kid had to sit in that room for 31 picks. He was the highest. Betray- he did. He was better than Trey Lance coming out of. He was better than most of them. It was embarrassing that he had to do that. Possibility that he's going to have a Heisman and two MVPs by the age of 25. Is that good? Is that good? Uh, I mean. And Bobby Petrino got him because nobody wanted to take him as a quarterback. Think about that. M. Lombardi on social. Check my guy out. We'll be back early tomorrow morning. See you, Michael. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, Big Bets is next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 